Loss is a Thing of Hope, a conversation with African poet Olajide Salawu, whose chapbook, Preface for Leaving Homeland, is published by Akashic Books. Welcome to Writers' Radio. I'm your host, Ingrid Rose. I began my conversation with Nigerian poet and PhD candidate Olajide Salawu with a quote by Professor Adeleke Adeeko about the consequences of colonialism in Africa. Olajide's poetry gives us the immediate and heart-wrenching experience of the many Africans escaping to Europe from poverty and war. Decolonization is drinking tea without sugar when there is no linguistic turn. The shovel must be aimed at the root, and the root is the language and its literature. Yes, you're nodding away. And of course, of course <laughs> you are. But I, but, but I find it very interesting that you have taken upon yourself, you're, you're not just a poet and a writer, but you have studied the whole process. My understanding is that your PhD that you're doing at the moment in Edmonton at the University of Alberta, this includes also the apprenticeship to do with publishing. Yes, internship with the University of Alberta Press, getting that experience right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, so uh, it has been a fantastic experience learning in an environment like that. It's corporate and it's different from what we have in the classroom, uh, you know, reading papers, you know, uh, reviewing papers and, you know, submitting assignments, critiquing theory and all of those things. Yes. So it's it's a corporate environment. You do more administrative things, but you do more of academic thing as well because you uh, you perform some editorial duties, right? In bibliographic duties, uh, like, you know, reviewing bibliography, uh, reviewing drafts and all of those things, meeting with authors, contributors, you know, people in the academia and who are interested in submitting their manuscript and, you know, taking a kind of chance at their work with us. Would you read your poem, Lampedusa? The first poem I'm going to take here is uh, Goodbye to Lampedusa. And, uh, you know, goodbye is, is quite important. Um, the poem, goodbye, in fact, the word goodbye is, is always a migrant word. It's, it's, it's a word that is highly valued by people who are moving, who are mobile and who have been displaced as well, because uh, it can be a finality. It can be something that, signal, uh, that signals hope as well. Goodbye to Lapendusa. It is what they say, because the sea does not have footprints, to see where others have ended their journeys. And today, this incandescent afternoon, they tell you to follow the path of the wind. Follow it to where the water leads you as the new merchandise arrives with a parcel of goodbye. Goodbye is what they tell you as your final pattern gift. 
So close your heart to unholy thoughts about the waves. So um, that's goodbye to Lapin Dusa. The poem is just two stanzas, quite short. And um, that's very, that's very moving. I mean, just wonderful um, images there. This incandescent afternoon, they tell you to follow the path of the wind. Follow it to where the water leads you as a new merchandise arrives with a parcel of goodbye. And you were saying that goodbye is an immigrant word and that it is both literally goodbye, but it also has hope. So tell, tell you know, us about Lampedusa, because I think many of our listeners won't know. Or if uh, so uh, thank you, Ingrid, for that question. Uh, I, I, Lapendusa, it's, I would say it was uh, a place that began to, you know, attract my attention at some point in 2017. And then I began just to get curious with the news, uh, tragic news, of course, of la migrants, people moving, you know, through the Trans-Saharan, Trans-Mediterranean, and, you know, getting to Europe through the back door. And uh, I, I was particularly moved by some of the experiences of migrants within the region of North Africa and some of how kind they have been manhandled, dehumanized, uh, how, how they were actually uh, commoditized as a kind of products and exploited for their labors because they wanted to pass through to their countries and and some of them were pushed uh, without getting properly educated about the sea and some of them actually were much more concerned uh, about what they will see at the other side of the sea. So Lapendusa, it's an island of course, uh, an island that uh, ties itself to Italy, which is a country in Europe, right? So uh, it's a porter, it's a porter. A porter to hero, it's an opening, it's a door, it's a gate to hero. So people, uh, migrants actually look forward to getting uh, to Lapendusa as their first place of salvation to get into hero. Migrancy and violation of black bodies who were moving uh, to Europe and all of those things became a thing and in, in the last decade. It now attracted so many uh, sad stories of people who were actually uh, moving through, through that particular pathway. So uh, Lapendusa also, I've read a bit and some of some of the uh, characters that feature in my poem, uh, in my poems, rather. So they were actually people, migrants. So and I've been, I've been intentional in my use of that migrant name in order to bring my poetic, you know, evocation of this particular event uh, to reality, to as much as possible to resonate something that it's really happening. Are you saying that you're, you know, you characterize these people by make them real? Because I've read that, you know, they're coming from all over, the refugees, the migrants from Sudan, 
Ethiopia, Somalia, Chad, Eritrea, and Niger. So some 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 of the some of the some of the uh what what I'm saying in essence is that in, in my poems, in my collection, I have character, I have names of people. And those names are not fictional names. They yes. are names of people who experienced this particular tragedy and who communicated their experience. Some of them didn't make it, some made it. You are yeah. really memorializing these people, yeah. making them flesh and mm-hmm. blood, whereas we become immune when we just hear about millions of migrants, you know, refugees, and we we hear these terrible stories. Exactly. We don't so, know their names. We don't know their names. They are reduced to what, we don't uh, even know. We don't even know the countries they come from. We know yeah, so little. Their identities are completely eliminated, and I think it's what um, um, I'm a fan of theories as well. So it's what George Agamben is saying in uh, Bear Life that people are reduced to data and statistics. So uh, you don't know because they do. They eliminate their background, they eliminate their history, they eliminate their personality, their culture. So they are just like three people died, four people died, ten people died. You don't even know them. So they just they are just data. Right? Would you like to read s- some more of your poems? For yes, me? yes, yes, yes. The next one I'm going to take is um, Lapindusa through the highs of palms. Lapindusa through the highs of palms. Fanos says, that's his words in quotes now. I've never been in the body of water before. I was trying to stay afloat by splashing my hands like a dog. Quotes end. The water says wrong, and the waves say so too. My body hangs on, proving courage to the shards of metal carrying us from Bank of Libya, but now sinking. How do you run on water when your hands are not fins? And everyone is holding on to the hardest struggling to stay afloat this undulating surface. How do you swim when the metallic hope cracks at the bottom and gives you out to the sea in the dead of the night? How do you hold to floating bodies after eaten by sharks? How do you know that the light dimming far away? is waiting to welcome you. Quem hands. Thank you. I was right there. Mm. In the water. Horrible. It's horrible, really. It's horrible. It's horrible. So um, uh, I think it's one of the poems in the collection so close to my heart because um, I, I read about the story and I was like, oh, no. This, this is sad. I've never been to Lapindusa, but it's a place I would like to, you know, to visit and to actually maybe see and relate with migrants who had passed through that particular place and, you know, feel their experience like uh, and do what I can do to help if I, if, yeah, within my 
past. So it's 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 um it's it's not it's not a nice experience. But also, I think what what I wanted to say in, in Uru, like what I have tried to say in that particular collection, preface from Living Homeland, is to tell about the, what is actually propelling people to move. What is engineering this move? What is pushing people out? Because of your skill with language, your activism is through your poetry and then through your writing. Yeah, I think I've been trying as much as possible. I I, I love poetry that delight. I love writing about a chair or a dog or a music. Yeah, I like just musing, musing around, like writing about trees, birds, and all of those things. Things that take you. I've written poems like that, that they don't actually have political intentions. But most of my poems have political intentions, and I'm being deliberate about it. Will you read us another poem? So, um... From preface from living uh, preface for living homeland, I'm going to read uh, another another poem for us now, and that poem is about return migration, and I'm I'm actually trying to see uh, someone who has been displaced, dislocated, who has traveled or been exiled for some time, you know, returns home, and trying to reattach, you know, reestablish kinship re-establish connection with, with this place he or she or they have been disconnected from right so uh let's let's look at what happens to someone who who, who has gone home and who has who has returned home right so let's let's look at what i'm saying here the title of the poem is what greets you when you get home when you get home. The trees greet you blistering. The parts you have, the part you left has expanded its stomach and it no longer admits feet alone. Machines have rented the street. Your arrival marks the third anniversary of your father's long disease. Your father sits at the side of an aspen tree while the wind breaks on his naked body waiting one day for you to return. He sits there on the bamboo chair until the sun goes down. At the open veranda lies your mother's grave, which has grown some old flowers, old flowers to her memories. Your old friend has turned a fledged priest. He already predicts your coming. At your harifa, children gather around you like a modern god, they shout a name you no longer hear. What greets you when you get home? Are you embraced by mud wall or welcomed by a cow dung cemented floor? Your ears have lost the lyrics made it sing when they see feral men. You break and turn as one approaches you, shrug a half. In distance, the wave of the city reaches your ears, reaches your hairs, stifling your yearning. What greets you when you get here? Your brother, your brother greets you, you no longer hear. Your father speaks in old proverbs that sound old. Your sister is now married with children. 
you mean you might never see her again. What greets you when you get home? Your eyes looking for a discovery in between the crevice opposite the red mall wall. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Very hard to reintegrate, right? It's quite After hard such to... experiences. Honestly, honestly, because and, and, and this particular poem, it's it's so sad. So that even now, I myself, uh, I have been I have been part of that experience of reintegration, and I I have I have not been dislocated from from maybe a, a decade or something. But I still visit Nigeria. I still visit my hometown. And but then some of my friends have changed. So in fact, I have like almost like only one percent of my friends back home now. All of them have been displaced. Some some children have grown up. I can't recognize them again. Some some the neighborhood has changed. My 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 father's house when I get there again, it looks different every time I return home. Right? Do you have another poem for us? Yes. Uh, I think um, the three poems I've read so far they are from my. Uh, collection preface for living homeland. I I think I can take one or two more from my draft in development. The first poem I would take is um inside Westminster residence, and um, it's not Westminster in England. It's Westminster Westminster in uh, Winnipeg. I had gone to visit my friend who lives in Winnipeg, and the name of the apartment is Westminster. So the experience of living there, and then at the back of his house, we have this train railway track, and every morning in the evening, the railway will pass, and that kind of, and the same thing, that experience also resonates with what I had grown up knowing, right? It's when I was living back in my hometown, while I was going home during childhood, we had a railway track at the back of my hometown. The pandemic was already beginning at that time because it was January of 2020. So um, that I wrote the poem. So uh, the poem is titled Inside Westminster Abbey and I had written it to, to, for my friend as well. Biting as it may be, I still like the clatters of the train as it walks behind the residence, heading towards Winnipeg's end. And this is what I devote my toying morning to these days, to stay at the window and watch January stumbling languidly to a conclusion, to watch the marvel of the ice rock stomach of Red River, to think about catastrophe as a thing of joy. To remember loss as a thing of hope. When the news breaks and funeral starts in the small town as soon hour begins. Today, the hair smells of the dead. The trees beside the house stand bare and vulnerable. The birds have added elsewhere 
but their halogens reach our veranda in this snow-faced city. The sun is in the hurry to go these days, desperate for the gray damask sky to for gray damask to run over the sky. Each evening, I return to the same spot, longing to jump on the edge of this stream to see if it will carry me through the hard forest of the world into my mother's arms. Always, right? There, are, Even when you go willingly from your home, there's always that missing. You yeah, know. there's longing, longing that's, that happens strongly. You feel that sense of, you know, you feel sense of belongingness that this is where I belong, you know. Within lounge, you must learn the work of grace early in a country that delights in atrophy. You must train your furry at the hedges when they say, Child, take your brother home and bury your dead in peace. At the airport within lounge, little gossips persist about bones and blood in nearby bushes. In Benue, a village was shaped clean of their human memories. And termites returned home with harvest of bones and basket of eating flesh. At the border, the prophet says, I pray for you today, travelers. May exile be kind to you. May exile be kind to you, indeed. You've been listening to Olajide Salawu, reading poems from his chapbook, Preface for Leaving Homeland, published by Akashic Books and available from the publisher. He also read poems in the making, full of yearning for a home that no longer exists. I'm Ingrid Rose, host for this writer's radio program, Loss as a Thing of Hope, a conversation with African poet Olegide Salawu. Thank you to Carol Harmon, my co-producer and co-host, and to Gary Sill, our music maestro, who makes this all possible through his original compositions and technical skill. Thanks to you, too, our listeners, for being there. You have been listening to Writers Radio, a non-commercial collaborative project which presents talented writers reading their own work. These stories, essays, and conversations revisit the long tradition of oral storytelling that connects us to the inspiration behind the words. Be sure to check the website, writersradio.ca, to subscribe to our free notifications list. It's also a way of letting the writers know you are there and appreciating their creative work.
Writers Radio broadcasts from Half Moon Bay on the Sunshine Coast in Canada. Traditional tribal land of the Shishel Nation of the Coast Salish peoples. We express our gratitude for their wisdom teachings and land stewardship. Thank you.